Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Nevada is the only state where it's legal to bet on individual sporting events. But that doesn't stop Americans from placing illegal wagers elsewhere, to the tune of an estimated $150 billion a year. New Jersey has been trying for years to get a piece of that market, and, it's, and now it's just a Supreme Court decision away. The court on Tuesday agreed to consider a New Jersey law that would legalize sports betting at casinos and racetracks. It's a constitutional clash that could have important implications for states' rights. With us to talk about the case are two experts on sports law, Mark Edelman, who's a lawyer and professor at the Baruch College Zicklin School of Business, and Alan Milstein, a lawyer at Sherman and Silverstein. Mark, could you just lay the groundwork for us? Why do we live in a world where there is exactly one state where you can place a legal wager on a single sporting event? Well, back in 1992, the professional sports leagues uh, became concerned about the potential proliferation of sports gambling. So all the leagues went together to Congress and got Congress to pass the Professional and Amateur Sports Protection Act, which is known as PASPA. Uh, the law is intended to prevent states from legalizing sports gambling. However, at the time in which the law was proposed, there were already four states which had some form of sports gambling within the state. And one in particular, Nevada, had traditional sports gambling. To try to get those four states on board, uh, as well as to try to prevent challenges from the proposed statute, a grandfather clause was placed in. It allowed those four states to maintain the forms of sports gambling as they already had, and allowed New Jersey a period of time to legalize sports gambling in its state, which would have made New Jersey the fifth. Nevertheless, New Jersey chose not to do so within the period, which left only the four existing states under PASPA allowed to have some form of sports gambling. So, Alan, New Jersey, despite having not taken advantage of the time period it had to get sport, to make sports gambling legal, has been trying now for a long time to make it legal. What is, what was, what's their strategy been here? It's been a long road for them with the courts and everything to get to the Supreme Court on this, but what, what exactly are they trying to do here? Well, they were really trying to be too cute by half, which is one of the problems. Uh, they, first, they first passed a, a statute that legalized sports gambling in certain locales like uh, racetracks and casinos and things like that. And when that was struck down under PASPA, uh, they they decided to, instead of passing a law to regulate uh, gambling in those places, just said, we're not going to, uh, we're just going to remove the illegal the illegality of the, of the gambling and sports in those locations. The problem is that under PASPA, the states aren't allowed to authorize or regulate sports gambling 
And so the Third Circuit, on two different occasions, struck down the New, New Jersey law. And so, Mark, what is New Jersey's argument at the Supreme Court for why, notwithstanding this law, they should be allowed to legalize sports betting? Well, when the case began about four years ago, New Jersey threw everything but the kitchen sink at the challenge. Uh, If you look at the challenge per se, though, it's a petition for certiorari based on the New Jersey Third Circuit Court of Appeals and Bank ruling. Now, that case focused primarily but not exclusively on one argument, uh, that being uh, an argument that the PASPA statute violated the commandeering prevention in the U.S. Constitution. Uh, In essence, in plain language, New Jersey is arguing that it violates the Constitution to impose any statute that compels a state to act in a particular way. And the way New Jersey is reading PASPA is that it is compelling, it's requiring the state to regulate and disallow sports gambling within the state. Then you get into this whole weird question based upon what New Jersey has attempted to do uh, as to whether they would be allowed to have no regulations whatsoever. Uh, But the real question is whether New Jersey's attempt to legalize sports gambling and then regulate it in a moderate fashion by determining who can have it and who cannot uh, violates PASPA, and if PASPA's prohibition of that uh, would thus constitute commandeering. We're talking about the brand-new Supreme Court case. Uh, New Jersey is asking the court to let the state legalize sports wagering. Right now, only Nevada allows single-game sports betting. Our guests are sports law experts Mark Edelman and Alan Milstein. Um, Alan, uh, a minute ago, Mark was talking about New Jersey's argument that uh, this, uh, this federal law that, that requires it to, to uh, prohibit sports gambling uh, commandeers the state unconstitutionally in violation of the Tenth Amendment. The Supreme Court has only twice before said that a law, that, that the federal government violates the Tenth Amendment by commandeering. And, and those two cases involved, uh, one case involved a state having to take title to radioactive waste, and another case involved local officials having to perform background checks. Does this New Jersey case fit within uh, uh, those precedents? Does New Jersey have a good argument that it's all likewise being uh, commandeered? Well, let me disagree with my friend uh, Mark Edelman about that for a second. Uh, I don't think New Jersey has any chance at all in a commandeering claim. What they do have a chance on is something called equal sovereignty, uh, which is a fairly new concept, sort of invented by Justice Roberts, that essentially says that the states have to be treated equally. Uh, you know, but if you if you look at whether or not this this really dumb law, and that's what it is, a dumb law is constitutional. Uh, it, it, either argument is a tough argument, and yet you wonder why why is the Supreme Court taking this case? There's no split in the circuits. The Solicitor General said no need to take this case. So all of that suggests, however difficult the arguments are, all of that suggests that the Supreme Court is taking this case because they're going to essentially 
declare this law dead, which is what it should have been declared years and years ago. Well, Mark, what do you make of that? Why do you think that the court took this case? You know, it's difficult to know. The Supreme Court can accept or deny certiorari for any reason or no reason at all. And they take less than 5% of all cases that are brought to it. Uh, One thing of note is that the case comes from the state of New Jersey, a state as a plaintiff, uh, which in some ways makes the case sometimes seem more important to the Supreme Court than if it's just a regular private party. Uh, Another is, uh, while it seems to be a waste of judicial resources, from my opinion, uh, there are other states that have talked about potentially attempting to legalize sports gambling and bring similar claims. If that were to happen, it would create a split amongst the circuits about a federal law uh, and one that could create chaos as well. Uh, And then third and finally, while this case should be one about states' rights, and I presume the Supreme Court will look at it as being about states' rights, uh, we also have very real issues of public policy here. Uh, And there's a grand sense of irony that one can't deny that the sports leagues, the very same entities that pushed for passport in 1992, are now beginning to profit, in some cases directly, from the activity of daily fantasy sports, which in some ways is very similar to sports betting. Uh, So it's got to create a concern as well that the leagues are creeping closer and closer to this very same activity that at the same time they purportedly have the right to stop Alan, in light of that, one thing I I don't understand is why are the leagues opposing this effort by New Jersey? They're the ones on the other side of the case. But as Mark said, they have been uh, gradually moving closer and closer to embracing sports gambling. Well, not all the leagues have. The NBA certainly has essentially said, you know, I think think it's time to legalize sports gambling. Look, when I said this is a dumb law, if you just look at the title of the law, which is Professional and Amateur Sports Protection Act. I mean, the law implies that professional and amateur athletes need protection from legal gambling. It also implies that without that, that, that the act somehow prohibits illegal gambling, which it doesn't. I think I think the leagues have got to come around to the point where they say, look. Gambling on sports is in every state of the union. It's creating billions of dollars. And we're all better off if sports gambling is regulated than if it's under the table. And I think that's what the Supreme Court ultimately is going to essentially try to find. If they can can figure out the peg to uh, put their arguments in. Mark, we only have about 30 seconds, but quickly, um, if, if New Jersey wins this case, are we going to see legal sports gambling uh, around the country? Uh, not necessarily. If New Jersey wins this case, we will see many states legalize sports gambling, uh, but we still have a strong religious lobby in certain states and a strong consumer protectionist movement in some states. There will be certain states which are very strict on gambling and other forms which may continue uh, to disallow sports gambling. Okay, I want to thank our guests. That was Mark Edelman, a professor at the Baruch College, Zicklin School of Business, and Alan Milstein, a lawyer at Sherman Silverstein, talking about the new Supreme Court case. 
The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com.